0: Talk Radio.
1: Hello, this is Peter Joseph, and you're listening to V-Radio.
0: Hello,
2: everybody, and welcome to this edition of V-Radio. Um, I'm still actually getting my panelists together because the uh, international meeting kind of went a little bit longer than it was supposed to. So, help excuse the uh, slow start here. So far, I have thunder. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start the chat session. Um But uh, tonight's show topic is going to be about the reasons why we're not building a city already. Um, And I know that some people will be late coming because uh, it did take me a while to get this ready. Um, Once again, I I didn't expect that their meeting was going to go as long as it did. glad that they're having the meeting in either case. Um, And uh, so I, once again, will be reading from a blog post I I wrote on this subject. You can get to the blog post via vradio.org. It's v-radio.org. Um, on the initial post that I put on the Zeitgeist Forums announcing this show, uh, you will also find a link to this blog. Um, and after I get everybody together, we'll be able to get started. Let me see what's. Okay, Dark Dancer is still ringing, so I'll bother him later. In any case, um, so tonight's topic is basically why are we not ready to build a Venus Project city? Um, we will definitely be. Uh, in fact, there was somebody else I needed to add to this call. I'll go ahead and do it now, try so that I can get him to pick up. But um, in any case, go ahead and introduce yourself, Thunder. And if you have any introductory thoughts before we get started, go ahead and share them.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Thunder and uh, introductory thoughts. Um, well, we've obviously had quite a heated discussion about this uh, a few hours ago before the meeting started, and I assume that's why the uh, the urgency in getting this radio show up, and I'm glad you did, because um, I think that it's important that we try to drive this point home um, in, in such a way that people will wake up to the reality that... We can't just throw these cities up like so many people think that we need to be doing uh, without knowing why we need to be doing it. And I stress that, and I drive that point home to as many people as I can, and it's, it's quite frustrating that, that people don't understand it. So hopefully uh, we'll be able to you know, uh, spread some more understanding with this radio show
2: yeah that's kind of what I'm hoping too. And the funny thing is is the stuff that I think it's really getting in our way is not even necessarily the the material issues we're We're talking about um some uh all sorts of stuff that like is actually social that you know we're not really ready for yet.
3: Um right. I just got
2: word from one of my panelists he said he has to relocate, so he'll be right back once again, everybody. uh thank you for tuning in to v radio. Um, I've only got a little bit left on donations for this month. Um, I hope uh, all of you enjoyed my last show. Um, I actually got some pretty nasty comments about it, so it's one of the things that brought this up, and it's not really that I'm gonna lash out at people for giving me criticism, it's just more had to do with the uh, um, why we're having these problems is uh, what went on in between me and the person in question was kind of an example of why we're having these problems. So anyway, uh, bearing that in mind, Um, We still have a little while, obviously, before all my panelists are ready, so I hesitate to start reading this thing until they're all here. Um, We just had an international chapter meeting, and it went on pretty well. Um, I didn't get a chance to tune into all of it, but I know Mr. Joseph was there for a lot of it, so that's definitely good. If anybody wants to call in tonight, I encourage it to be able to give your uh, opinions, basically, of what's going on with this subject, um, and anything really related to the Venus Project is fine, too.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I think it, it would be good if anybody's out there listening that actually feels that we should be building cities. I hope that they call in so that we can have a discussion and, and you know, a conversation about it. I hope, I hope somebody would do that
2: me too. So anyway, um, as far as what's going on with V Radio, everything seems to be going uh, for the most part all right. I managed to develop a schedule overall for uh, how it is that I deal with my children being awake while I'm doing the shows. I try to uh, schedule my shows around the time that they're down for naps or whatever, and that's been working a lot better. Uh, the website is still going strong. I added a uh, link to the VTV's must-see TV uh, video list, which is a great list of documentaries that you can check out that are all generally pertinent to fully grasping the movement. Um, go ahead. Were you
1: able, were you able to get uh, Collapse on there yet? Uh,
2: actually, yeah, I believe I linked it. I'm pretty sure I did.
1: Um, Wait, but, yeah, that
2: was a very good excellent, movie.
1: Excellent film. Um in any yeah.
2: case, I'm get a,
1: yeah.
2: No, that's fine. The listeners were uh were asking who I was waiting for. I'm waiting for Jaguar. He wanted he's really wanted to be a panelist, was very excited about it. Um and I guess it wouldn't be so I mean if it continues much longer, I'll just go ahead and start. Um but he said he was just relocating, I guess, to a different computer so that he could get on. Um but um I will give out the link to the blog in question now in the chat room so that people will uh be able to follow along.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a uh, message to Paradigm because I know he he has some very good um, points to make about this issue. And yes,
2: he if can he can somehow. get on Skype, I would love to have him on. Unfortunately, uh, he was having internet problems earlier. I was going to ask him, and I just haven't seen him since. But if you get a reply from him, by all means, I'd be happy to have him involved in this conversation.
1: I'll do what I can. So.
2: All right, um, just once again to uh, tell everybody what the call-in number is, is 347-945-7747. I'm gonna put that in the chat room and uh, I'm gonna make one last look to see if our uh, other panelists are ready yet and then we'll get started.
1: Yeah, I got a hold of him, so he's he's getting his Skype open. Oh, excellent. So this should be good. Did you, uh, is this gonna be an hour?
2: It's listed as an hour, but we can you can always go two hours if you want. Right, so right, right. If the conversation sure continues.
1: And I don't have the chat room open. I I'll be glad to do that if you want me to monitor that for you.
2: Yeah, I, I usually do, but it's a good idea for more of a, more than one of us to do so.
1: so. Okay, we'll do. I'll get that open here.
2: But in any case, um, I guess I'm going to go ahead and get started <laughs> and uh, see if he's back yet. Uh, looks like he might be. Let me go ahead and try to add him to the call and then we will get started one way or the other. Great. Paradigm said he was logging in?
1: He said okay I said we need you for the radio show and he said okay, so <laughs>
2: Okay, well. <laughs> That's great. I apologize to everybody. I didn't expect that my panelist was going to need to uh, switch computers, and he's been really, really, really into wanting to come on. So. Yeah, yeah. Um. Just fine. It would be great to have a.
1: He says he's on.
2: Okay, good. So then I'll just pick him up. Let's we'll get them both on here. All right. I had originally thought Dark Dancer wanted to come on. I called him earlier. I don't know if he wants to or not. Um, but here we go.
1: I think the meeting is still kind of lag, lingering.
2: Yeah, that's very possible. All right, we got Mario ringing. Hey, Paradigm, what's up? Can you hear me, guys?
1: Yep, we can yes. hear you.
2: Did you get a chance? To check out my mic. Work. No, that's fine. Wait, did you get a chance to look at the blog that we're talking about? No, which one? All right, I'll just. I'm gonna link you in Skype. Maybe. I'm not going to link you in Skype hold on a second <laughs> That's what I get for impromptu shows but um here you go you don't have to have read it, the whole thing so I'm getting ready to read it anyway but if you want to stop at any point while I'm reading it we'll pause at some of the, the points so that you guys can have an opportunity to talk you know we'll go ahead and get started all right um now uh, today's topic of debate or Basically, discussion is, why are we not ready to build a Venus Project city? Um, The reasons that I'm actually going to focus on a little bit more here are the new ones, uh, because it seems as though no matter how many times Jacques answers this question, he actually answered it today during Peter Joseph's radio broadcast. Again, uh, some people don't get it, so I'm going over it here. Now, I'm going to go ahead and start reading the blog. Uh, After my last show, I got some rather scathing words from a critic. on the the Zeitgeist forums, he called himself Eric R. His take on my show, this is the show about communism that came right before here, was rather harsh, so much that a lot of people posted to tell him that it was rather harsh. I'm going to do my best to make my point here without sounding bitter, but what he did actually helped give me information to further prove my point, basically for this show. Now, I don't really want to get into any personal problems I had with what the person had to say, but what I will bring up is the most relevant points and that is that someone who believed themselves to be part of the Zeitgeist movement stated the following things. Now, bear with me, folks. I will explain why this is relevant to the city thing very quickly. Now, in response to my statement that we seek to feed and to take care of everyone, these are a few quotes on that subject from him. Quote, provided there is enough to go around, I do not want my standard of living to go down from where it is now, if there are not enough resources to distribute that my standard of living will go up, then I don't want to half to share. Another quote, My primary concern is whether or not the application of science for the most efficient distribution of goods and services worldwide would make my standard of living and the standard of living of my family go up or down. If down, I want no part of this movement. You know, I have to comment on that just a little bit, but it basically it's just to say that somebody that says something like that is basically saying, sure, I wouldn't mind helping everybody as long as my standard of living doesn't go down at all. You know, I'm not even saying, the funny thing is, is we don't want the standard of living of anybody to go down, but he's basically making it clear that if he's in any way inconvenienced, he's not interested. And he has no problem with continuing to maintain the capitalist system that is allowing him to live like that while other people starve. He has no qualms about that at all. If you go to the thread actually where this argument is going on, and I'll make this available so that people don't think that I'm just soundbiting this guy, uh, you can go to the Zeitgeist forums, and it's in the last thread about the, the last show that I did, That's the show on communism, is where this debate took place. Now, a further quote. He says, I could give a rip about the egl- about the egalitarian values. I mean, hey, if we can feed the masses, that would be nice, but it's not the primary objective for me. I make good money under the present system, and my family does fine. To me, the Zeitgeist movement should be about science, period. Now, in response... Wow. Yeah, we could go ahead and start commenting just from there. If you guys have anything to say quickly about what we've said so far, you want sure, to say anything? Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll say yeah, something. I, mean, I knew he.
1: I knew you'd want to jump on that one.
3: <laughs> go for it, Paradigm. Well, I mean, okay. I mean, if, if you if you listen to a lot of the things that uh, Fresco says, he mentions at one point that he, you know, he went to the communists. He went to the socialists. He went. I don't know if he said he went to the socialists, but he said he went to the communists. He went to. He even went to the. Uh, um, the skinheads or whatever, and, and just listen to people. And then he, at one point, he said he went to the technocrats, and he realized very quickly that the main problem with them, not in not in these words, but essentially, he said the main problem with them was that their definition of family was extremely limited. It wasn't it wasn't all people. It was you know immediate family, or it was people that looked the same as us, or it was you know people that had white skin, or it was males, or what you know, and that's what turned him off about that. So indeed, if someone's vision of what the Zeitgeist movement is or what a resource-based economy is, is basically just the scientific method. We already have that. Just the scientific method brought about the atomic bomb. You know, I mean, just the scientific method did a bunch of really ridiculous things. Uh, The thalidomide scandal, I mean, all this stuff. It's not just the scientific method. In fact, it's hardly the scientific method in and of itself. It's a whole social understanding philosophy. It's a whole, like, value system shift where you start seeing every human being as part of your family. And I, I, another thing is when you say the word me and my family and I too many times, it starts to kind of become evident that you have a very narrow definition of who you care about. You know? And I, I kind of think that that's where maybe one of the issues is definitely. I mean, if you, if you start defining people that are important as just the ones that happen to be the ones that you interacted with, your family your your close friends or something like that, and those are the only people you care about, that shows an incredible lack of empathy, the, the ability to actually feel and understand that just because you might be cozy, there's millions of people that are not. And if you don't value that, it's just like the old saying goes where you know, first they came for the, for the Jews, then they came for the this, and then they came for the homosexuals, and then you know, when they came for me there was no one else to help me. It's, you, know, you put yourself in that kind of situation, and it's really arrogant and uh, unfortunate it's just like that's really a narrow-minded way of looking at things you know and that's that is definitely one reason why we're not ready for building a city because people would have that kind of mentality like you know what can i get out of it oh why don't i get that nice little plot of land over there why can't i have this why i i I, you know it's always this egocentric and you know that's why we're not ready
2: well i certainly agree with that take thunder what did you have to add Thunder? Hello? Sorry. I have oh. <laughs> <to> my. <remind you. laughs>
1: Sorry about that.
2: Yeah, okay. Well, I got go ahead, like please, 12 things
1: going at once. Yeah, you know, just I know I mentioned this to both of you guys before, and, and we've said this in, in many discussions in vent. and I know it's kind of a simplistic statement, but we have to start with simple because some of these people at the basic level can't get it, and I, and I always say, look, to the people that think we need to be building something or we should be building something, we, it, it would be a disaster if we do that. And it's because we have to understand why it is that these cities need to be built, why it is that we need to change our value system. We have to understand that first. Otherwise you're putting the cart before the horse and we will get nowhere. As a matter of fact, it will probably drive us further backwards.
2: Well, I certainly agree with that. Uh, I guess Jen Wild is saying that she might want to call in. Jen, I can add you via Skype if you like. If that was you who had uh, actually sent me a message earlier, Jen Wilding, yeah, I guess that would have to be you. I guess I can just try to ring her and see if she picks up.
1: There you go. Uh, um,
2: But, uh, you know, when he said that he doesn't give a whit about egalitarian values, as the conversation uh, develops on the forums, it gets pretty heated. Um, And he basically just keeps – saying he's not really worried about making everything equal. He doesn't really care about feeding everybody. All he cares about as he made it very clear, was, well, I'm in for this. if I can increase my own you know uh my uh, my, my my own lifestyle, but as soon as that compromises me, then I'm not interested and that whole attitude i mean as soon as you've stepped into that, I'm like, what are you doing here it was like why do you, you know i mean I don't want to be mean, but how could anybody who even thinks along those lines even find themselves here? I don't understand. I mean, this is one of the reasons why I said we have to focus on getting the word out. Because if we have people like that, you know, who have such a flawed understanding about what this is about, you know, how can we possibly say that we've got that down? How can we possibly say that getting the word out is being done sufficiently, you know, oh,
1: Right, right. You know, Jen is saying, if you're not seeing in the chat, she's having issues with her headset, not to ring her yet, but she's working right. on it, so in case okay. you missed that.
2: That's fine. No, that was actually a Jaguar, one of the original guys. Unfortunately, it finally is going to voicemail, and now it's recording one, so I guess he'll be able to listen to the show after all, because
4: I can't for some reason
2: <laughs> kick him off the call.
4: Okay.
2: But um, anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, I basically... When you're looking at that sort of stuff, that's the kind of example of the mentality that we have to be able to defeat. And and if you can't, uh, then we're in a lot of trouble. Oh, it looks like Jaguar's back. Here we go. see if I can – oh, wait, it's not going to let me.
1: won't let you disconnect?
2: Yeah, it's not going to let me disconnect him. Oh, wait, now he's trying to call in. Give me just a moment.
1: While you're waiting.
0: I'm sorry about that, folks. Uh, Skype
2: kind of froze up on me. It didn't like that I uh, didn't get that call going. So just let me pull everybody back on, and then we'll be ready to go. I, again, apologize. Um, But so far, the conversation seems to be going pretty good. Just let me add everybody who needs to be added to this call. Thanks again for tuning into V-Radio, and thanks for all of your support. I know that sometimes things go a little bit of a snag here, but uh, that's one of the reasons why this is free. So as soon as I get everybody back on here, we'll continue the conversation. And unfortunately, I have this huge contact list, so this takes a moment. This is why I always have this stuff prepared ahead of time. Okay. Probably should be able to ring everybody at the same time, so this won't be too much more of a wait. Okay. everybody's dialing out now. Hello. There we go. Hey, Jen. Welcome. Well, hello. Hey, thank you. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> Sounds like somebody else is having a problem. Right? All right,
3: everybody's dialing out now.
2: You might right, want no to problem. mute the show. Here we oh, go. Hey, Here we go. Welcome. Now, for some reason, will not let me disconnect from Thunder. Okay. Well, I guess we're just going to have to continue the show as is. Um, anyway, uh, did anybody have any further comments as the show has been going? I know you wanted to call in, Jen. So did you have anything? Just take the floor for a moment as I do have to step out of the room briefly, and um, I will be right back.
0: All right. Uh, Why are we not building a city? I get that question asked a lot, too. Uh, Some of the ways that I respond is, well, really, at the core of the zeitgeist movement, it's a social movement. So even if we took everybody right now and dropped them into a city, they wouldn't know what to do with it. They wouldn't know... I think they would feel very uncomfortable because it it wouldn't represent the value system that they currently have. They wouldn't understand things not working. um, Well, for one thing, it wouldn't be a a true global resource-based economy because it would still work within a, a microcosm of scarcity. So it wouldn't really be what we're advocating. And if we were able to get all the technology there, you'd have a lot of people that wouldn't know how to how to use it wouldn't know what the purpose of it is for and and trying to get acclimated to a different system and I think you'd have a lot of problems and then people would say well I'm kind of more comfortable with what I came out of
2: all right well thanks again now I've got everything straightened out I apologize Um, it looks like it's gonna give me trouble on uh, bringing Thunder back onto the show which is kind of a bummer but um, I guess getting back to reading the blog now um, To further read from some of the comments that this guy made, in response to the issue of getting people on board, he's like, quote, again, real real world versus fantasy land fiction. How is the zeitgeist movement going to convince people that they should give a rip about the needs of others? Only way is through education and propaganda, unless you propose we genetically engineer out the selfish genes. Personally, I think the genetic engineering of humans, quote, a brave new world style to shape values would likely be necessary but then, I'm an engineer, and I advocate science for the benefit of all mankind. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'll say
1: something
3: <laughs> Go ahead, Paradigm. Well, I mean, uh, just the first thing that kind of pops up, first of all, I mean, it, it's like, I don't understand the idea that you have to convince other people to be, to be good to others, uh, you know, or or, or hold uh, hold the value of all of humanity as a as, as you know something that's desirable to to uplift, but the very fact that he actually thinks that there are such things as selfishness genes, uh, you know that we have to engineer out, it, it, it again just shows that this individual. And you know, when you talk about this person in particular, he just represents a kind of mindset. I'm not really. You know, for or against him in particular, I, I think he's wrong about a lot of the things he says. But the reason that I'm concerned is because this is a common thing that I hear lots of other people talk about, and they, they speak in these same kind of ways. And the mean that this person has in his mind uh, is definitely one that's prevalent in other people. And, and just the very fact that he thinks that you know, uh, you know, he says well, like, unless you propose to genetically engineer out the selfishness gene, there is no selfish gene. There is no selflessness or self you know selfishness gene uh, it's it's all environment and that's the whole point of the movement is that these things aren't you know behavior and, and mindset isn't something that just like you were born with or whatever and it's not you know uh, people that don't succeed in the system it's not like their fault for you know not not doing something right or being born the wrong way or something. You know, these are things that that you have to understand that you know the environment shapes who you are and that you know if you want to actually get things done it has to occur first at a understanding, you know, a level of understanding, and then you can implement it, but if you're gonna to try to, you know, just, I mean, he, he just doesn't understand basic human, you know, values in nature. Uh, he thinks that there's such a thing as, as, like a behavioral nature, there really isn't. There's an instinctual nature to some degree, but if, if we don't even get these basic assumptions kind of like taken out of the, con- taken out of the uh, equation, we're going nowhere, you
2: know? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Did you have anything to add, Jaguar?
4: Well, not so much more, except for yeah, I do agree with most of what he said. Um, can you guys hear me well? Yeah, we can. Okay, yes. Um, I agree with everything, and uh, I do uh, believe that um, it's a definite change of point of view and concept of understanding that needs to be realized before you can uh, shift into such a concept of the Venus Project. It is You have to really reflect upon what made you what you are, where you are, and who you are, and figure out how did I get here, and what is this new information telling me that I have to critique myself on to whether or not I am in the mindset to even promote the the whole concept.
2: All right, well, that said, um, I told Thunder actually to call in using the switchboard, so he should be back uh, relatively soon. In the meantime, I'm gonna go ahead and continue reading from the blog. Um, Now, uh, this is in response to the issue of self-sustaining technologies, because in the blog that he was critiquing, I pointed out that, you know, the the first priority of any society like the communists were trying to advocate would have been those self-sustaining technologies. And then he said, quote, I'm not in this movement for that. As I have said, egalitarianism is not my primary motive. If I wanted this tripe, I'd join Greenpeace, the Environmental Liberation Front, PETA, or any number of other leftist eco-terrorist groups out there that spew forth hypocrisy from all orifices. So he, just, he still doesn't get the point. But, and then when I, when I suggested that he was kind of selfish, uh, his quote was, Yep, I'm selfish. I'm also educated and have a good job, and I'm doing just fine under capitalism. Really, I can't complain. My life has been pretty damn good. Getting ready to go pick up a honey baked ham for our Christmas celebration. Yeah, I know Christmas is bunk, but I did it when I was a kid and it turned out just f- and I turned out just fine. Figure I'll give my kids the same opportunities I had. Then they'll have enough time to for the reality. You know, they'll have enough time for the realities of the world when they grow up. Um, <laughs> now basically this is further kind of what, you know, on what we've already talked about. The guy basically doesn't get it. I don't really know exactly what he expected when he came to the movement. Now, now I'm going to get on to the rest of it, which is, now why is this relevant as to why we are not building cities? Well, this person considered themselves a member of the Zeitgeist Movement. They had some very harsh critique to offer about what direction we are taking and what direction we should be taking. He is also an engineer. Now, I have to ask a question real quick before I finish reading. Jen, did you say this person is the head of a
0: chapter? You know, uh I reckon there is a, an Eric R that is, but I don't know if it's the same one, so I don't want to right and say okay, you know, well yo,
2: that's fine. And especially not, with
0: someone not here to defend themselves. <laughs> I know I you know, I don't want to make associations that may or may not be there. I'm not sure. Okay, one moment. Let me see if this is Thunder.
2: Thunder is uh Thunder is that you? Are you there? Caller from one 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 one, which I can only assume is either thunder or a blocked number. Okay, well, can't hear him. But yeah, it's not really about like the issue of like defending himself in so much as that it kind of proves to my point is that this person could even be a very prevalent member of the Zeitgeist movement and they hold these views. Now, I'm not getting into this so that we can hammer on the guy. I've already said that we're not doing that. It's more of an issue of this okay, let, let me just finish reading what I had up, but Okay, this person considered themselves a member of the Zeitgeist Movement. It's a very harsh critique to offer about what direction we are taking, what direction we should be taking. He is also an engineer, and it is likely that such a person could end up on one of the disciplinary teams we talk about in the future of the Venus Project. The problem is is that it is very evident that this person does not understand or embrace the concept of the Venus Project. We will still have a lot of people in our movement who think along the lines described above. Yes, this is only one man, but he is not alone. The attitude of the person presented above is, is the very attitude that leads to corruption. There is no place for selfishness in the Venus Project, and anyone who thinks they, quote, turned out just fine, but still feels that they are only interested in this, part, in this path so long as they have to make no personal sacrifices is clearly not on the same page. This is dangerous to any efforts to start building a city. Anyone who still holds this value system would be highly destructive to the social environment that we need to achieve our goals. People who, quote, don't give a whit about egalitarian values are actually the reason we have this problem in the first place. This is why education and spreading the word is vitally important at this stage. If we don't have a solid foundation of the values needed and the city, uh, any, uh, any city that eliminates scarcity will still end up corrupted and destroyed. The Soviet Union is an example of what happens when a community comes together to build a community based on principles they don't truly understand. We have to be damn sure that everyone gets why, uh, why the things this person said are wrong and not just because anyone told them they are wrong, We need to be sure that people fully understand and comprehend why they are wrong. Now, okay, that was basically it. We'll pause there. Did you guys have anything uh, to add to this? I'll start with paradigm.
3: Well, two things, I guess. Uh, Just number one, it's really uh, interesting in terms of just looking at this kind of a little bit from a distant perspective, not really focusing on the person himself, but just the mentality. It seems that he's kind of embracing the movement in terms of uh, (laughs) literally in terms of a cost benefit analysis. It's like, well, this movement's interesting. I wonder if I can profit from it. Mm, I'll support it until I can, you know, until I don't profit anymore, and then I'm done. It's it's like it's like a free market capitalist kind of trying to take advantage of perhaps some of the benefits of uh, of, of being, you know, part of the movement or something like that. It's really interesting to see. I wonder how many people think that way. I hope not too many, because that's not the purpose of this. But uh, that does bring up an interesting point. I mean, I wonder how many people really do think that way. Another thing about the subjective nature of the uh, arguments, for instance, you know I went to the Navy or you know I, I joined some sort of an organization and you know, made some money, or you know, I, I invested here and I made money, and, and it all worked out for me. That's akin to somebody you know let's say there's a, a family of let's say, or let's say a group of people, like let's say ten people, and they all pool their resources together all their money, let's just say, forget the resources, just all their money together, and then they divide it into four sections, four equal sections. There's ten people, there's four sections, right? And each one of those sections basically gets a number, one, two, three, and four. And you put these numbers in a hat, and then, you know, uh, you you also put numbers five through ten in the hat as well, and then they all draw. Six of them are going to draw zeros, you know, basically nothing, and then four of them are going to draw one of the quarters of, of all the wealth, and, you know, you interview one of those four people and they're like, well, that, that scenario worked out great for me. It was fun. It was awesome. You know, I'm doing fine. Uh, you're totally not taking into consideration the fact that if you take into consideration the whole picture, inherently there's people that are going to be devastated by the fact that you got a little bit of the, you got one of the four, you know, quadrants or whatever, one of the four um, pieces of the pie. But then inherently other people are going to be totally devastated and have nothing and the idea that that's fair and that we should all just, like, go back and sit down and, and, and just uh, deal, with, deal with it, just just agree that it's all good, uh, that's a failure. I mean, that's a, that's a massive failure of the system, the very system of dividing everything into little bits and not letting, not letting everyone have enough. Peter makes an analogy to this uh, in terms of the musical chairs. You know, that's what the system is. It's a, it's a game of musical chairs but with ever-decreasing numbers of chairs. Uh, you know, just because you happen to be one of the people that had it okay – doesn't mean that it's a good system it it may have been good for you but if you look further down enough you know down the line it's not looking too good you know and not only that but the standard of living has gone down consistently over large numbers for large numbers of people so you know it's like if that mentality needs to go the understanding of what happens overall has to really become prevalent in our mindset i mean we have to understand not just other people, too. That's, that's, that's like the basic, basic level one understanding of this. The, the further understanding is the, the environmental effects and all these other things that we call externalities. I mean, if anyone thinks that everything's all good and we should just go back to doing things, you know, no way. I mean, you can't make an argument for that at all unless you're sleeping, unless you're taking some sort of like sleeping pills or something and, you know, you know, do, you know doze that in your mind. I mean, I just, I don't understand how you can even possibly defend that, that position.
2: Now, a caller from 805 had come in. Um, I had actually opened their mic. I thought it was going to be Thunder. Uh, apparently, the caller is no longer there. So if you were not Thunder or um, if you are Thunder, hey, call back. But uh just want to let you know you weren't being ignored. I was just letting Paradigm finish. Um, in any case, uh, I do want to go ahead and bring up some breaking news that was just revealed in the chat room is that apparently this person is the admin of South Carolina. You know, so... Not only did this person join the movement, you know, not only are they posting on the zeitgeistmovement.com and they hold these views, they're also an admin in one of our chapters. And the reason that this becomes a problem is uh, that basically you're now looking at the fact that we're not ready because of the fact that obviously even some people who are helping us administrate this movement don't get it. That's actually something that I think that, you know, Chibi, I wish he didn't feel, you know, so ill today or he'd be on now. He pointed that out is that he thinks there are a lot of people here who are not ready, and it's largely because of the fact that they don't fully comprehend what it is that they're supposed to be doing, what it is that we're about. So, um, you know, bearing that in mind, uh, now that I've brought that up, um, go ahead, Jen.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to speak to that. Even in my last um, U.S. meeting, I – tried to let people know, because I had received some complaints about newsletters coming from chapters, and the thing is, is that I'm not the kind of person who uh, wants to have an environment within the zeitgeist movement that is about censorship or control by any means, so I'm really trying to stay away from that. It is important that we reflect the uh, the accurate values of the movement, of course, but I also recognize that you know we the movement in and of itself is going through an evolution and all of us came to the movement from different places we all have different backgrounds different levels of understanding and i certainly don't want someone to uh to feel like because they don't quite understand it that they that they are unfit per se for um involvement or activism in the movement i definitely want everybody to plug in where they can and to just help other people along and educate as much as possible. So I, I want to help create an environment where we are supportive of each other and are helping to educate each other about what the actual movement is about. So, yeah, there are some challenges with that with with a couple of the chapters. And it's not anything major right now, but it's definitely there are things on my radar. And um, – it's it's challenging because I, I want to let people develop where they are, but I also don't want them to lead other people astray. Right. And this particular um, person, he's been a, a chapter leader for a while. So he actually has meetings with people and people are, you know, on board with him. So he's resonating in his local area to some extent, I'm sure. So we, we have people coming. You know, people came to us from the Alex Jones movement. People came, come to us, you know, who are big David Icke fans. And uh, they're still able to connect on the forums and have some great conversations. And I don't want it, it to be about, you know, Well, I don't let know, me, Let me clarify
2: something. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to lynch anybody here. My point about this though is, is that you know there are a lot of people who are not satisfied with what we're doing they feel that we've already done enough to spread the message and my point about this is that if we have somebody who's even a chapter leader who still doesn't grasp this and in fact a lot of the statements he's making are downright disturbing it's not just a question of maybe he doesn't get it a little bit you know so that's you know and then you got to wonder well what kind of what kind of message is he sending to the people in his chapter and then the only reason I'm getting into this is this means that we've kind of failed at one point at getting the message out and making it clear to people, and that's why we can't be jumping into huge, uh, huge like um, projects like cities. Because like when you when you read, for example, the history of the communist thing in Soviet Russia, there you know those are people who didn't really fully grasp Marxism trying to make it work, and then it went horribly wrong. Um, so. Now, uh, Jaguar, did you have any comment?
4: At this time, I am still contemplating a few ideas. Um, I was running some questions through my head as to what to bring up next. Uh, but um, as far as yes, we need to hit core, hit home the core message and values of the of the movement first before we can actually uh, progress to city building in a constructive manner, or else it will self-destruct. <laughs> but um, um go ahead and continue on um sure. all, yeah. all
2: right. Now the point that I was getting at with that part of the blog is more discussing the issue of people who don't truly get it. Okay. Um now we're also getting into a different issue now this is I'm gonna go ahead and read about it and it has to do with something that took place today. Uh, both in Peter Joseph's chat room for his radio show and on the um, ventrilo server. Okay, Uh, I'll read. Now I would like to talk a bit about my experience in the chat room during Peter Joseph's radio show today, as it is also pertinent for a different reason. We have another serious problem in that the maturity level of everyone in the movement is not yet conducive to following this path. Today in the chat room I talked about doing a show about this subject. Someone else took offense to that. He happens to be part of an effort to build a city now. The exchange that went on following this led to some rather negative exchanges. Among them was him telling me, we are going to build it whether you agree with it or not. And when we asked him to provide debate, he said he didn't have to debate it. Eventually, another person got involved by telling me to shut up and calling me names and other assorted nonsense. People started to weigh in on both sides. Some people said we should just ignore them. Other people said we should drop the subject, et cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. Now, once again, I am going to stay out of any of my personal feelings on the issues presented. However... This, again, was another serious example of my point being proven for me. If our value structure was sufficient, nobody would be telling anybody to shut up or making statements like, I don't have to debate it. I ended up continuing the conversation in the chat room, but not because I was getting upset, or as some people thought. I felt it was an important case study in the exact problem I was trying to voice. Several people in the chat room agreed, and I continued. Eventually, one of the people trolling was banned. The other eventually left after saying, quote, I am leaving the chat so I don't have to deal with your whining, I am sure many of you remember my previous show about ad hominem debate tactics and how these tactics would never go away if we don't take a stand against them. I am sure that many people reading this are now focused on the people who were, quote, causing the drama, as it is normally said. However, they are not looking at another important culprit, and that would be the people who are trying to socially pressure people into dropping the topic and would have preferred that we take the topic elsewhere or simply stop talking about it at all. Unfortunately, this does not solve anything, and in fact, in many cases, the people who think they are being peacemakers end up turning to aggression themselves when they start attacking the people having the heated conversation. I remember talking in a previous show about the don't cause drama issue. Basically, the example I gave is if you're at a party somewhere and someone comes in and starts making everyone feel uncomfortable, the person who stands up to them, ironically, is usually the one who gets blamed for causing the strife. This distracts away from the real issue, which is, what is, which is whatever they are debating. In this issue, we are talking about a building of Venus Project City. Now or later, it gets heated. So rather than people endeavoring to tell the people to calm down, call trolls, trolls, and discourage that behavior, they are content instead to just tell everyone to drop it. Another complication in this self-appointed in this I'm sorry in this is the self-appointed peacemakers often say, "Well, you're both at fault, so you should just both shut up," even if both parties are not both at fault. They don't want to lose face with either person, so they don't really analyze the situation far enough to get to the core of the issue. Now, why is this pertinent to why we cannot build a city? We have to be able to have disagreements without resorting to name-calling. We also have to be able to have disagreements where name-calling is taking place, and the community involved with the conversation steps up as a whole to condemn that behavior. There were a lot of people in the conversation who said, well, quote, why don't you just ignore them? Well, the first point I would say is, quote, "We we shouldn't have to ignore anyone. And the fact that we do do further proves my point. We as a species, even in this movement, do not have the values we need just yet to be able to succeed. In addition, in the future, we are going to get into a lot of situations where ignoring the problem is not going to be an option. Honestly, I don't feel it should even be an option now. If there is dissent, that needs to be addressed promptly. When two people get heated with each other and and you tell them their issues are unimportant and they should just drop it, then they still leave the situation both feeling offended. It solves nothing and, in fact, encourages both people to simply take their problems elsewhere, to other parts of the movement. What could have been dealt with right then and there can spread like a virus and cause divisions in the movement. Skills and conflict resolution must be cultivated, and resolving not to resolve anything is like saying not talking about pollution will make that problem go away. Pollution is a good analogy because we are talking about social pollution at this point, I have watched as, well, I've watched as well-intentioned freedom movements use this lack of resolution solution and find themselves doing okay because of it in the short term. But down the line, the small cracks that develop in the unity of the movement get bigger and bigger. Eventually, these cracks turn into damage that is often irreparable. People who decided that a bit of peace at the moment is more important than outright war later find that it is now too late for them to heal the gaps that have been created. We have a lot of growing up to do within this very movement, and that needs to happen well before we start building anything. If we can't conduct ourselves well in an Internet chat room, and and our only solution to this sort of behavior is to try to ignore it, then how are we going to handle important meetings on subjects we need to discuss in the building of a city? The reason this is more than just a discussion about words is that this behavior itself is a serious problem. It leads to things like the person who sabotaged our recent meetings on vitrillo, that was another example of how we weren't really in a position to ignore them. There was no choice to ignore them. They were just, they, at that point, victimizing us. Now, finally, I will talk about oh, – actually, I'm going to pause there because then we have one last, basically, uh, subject to discuss. So, Paradigm, do you want to weigh in? I will defer. Okay. <laughs> Jen, do you want to weigh in?
0: Well, yeah, I mean – I, I even know who this person was and, and I'm aware of their efforts uh, to, to have a non-profit that's geared toward building a city and they're not the only people that have tried to do this within the movement and I've been at, in discussions at length with people in the Ventrilo why I, I can see why this is not a good idea but at the same time I don't want to tell people where they are to not do things like get off the grid or organize to um, do what they need to do. Um, I just, I'm my big thing is we need to make a clear separation of that is something separate from the movement. And those are people that have different ideas. That particular person that you are engaging in conversation with is also a chapter coordinator. Oh,
2: okay. Well, I didn't really even need to get into who the person was. I'm more talking about the, uh, the problem in communication that develops. We could have been talking about anything. If we can't figure out a way to conduct ourselves, you know, more constructively, it doesn't matter what the topic is. And I think also what I'm kind of trying to get at is here is that conducting yourself, it starts with yourself, obviously, because you have to make sure that you don't get upset. You have to make sure that you don't bring your emotions to bear. And then in addition to that, if somebody else is doing it, then the solution is not to roll your eyes, get angry at the people having a disagreement, you know, and tell them to shut up or to tell them to take it elsewhere. Anytime there's a disagreement in a group, in a, in a situation that's supposed to be cooperative by, it's a danger to the future of that movement. Do, do you follow me?
0: Oh, yeah. I'm a huge, it, Thunder could tell you if he if were on, uh, that I am huge about communication and a lot of things that I stress is that we need to separate. A, a lot of times, many people across the board we, and within the movement, we need to remember that, including myself at times, that when you're in a discussion with somebody and you're, you know, your buttons are getting pushed, thing, you know, emotions are, are coming up about things that you really disagree with and you really feel strongly about, about issues um, that are on the table, uh, there separ- needs to be a separation between the person, the idea, and the style of communication. And sometimes we're, you know, a lot of times the the person has a style of communication that that's what you're really emotionally reacting to. And sometimes it's just the idea. But we need to be able to, as mature adults, distinguish between these. Very important.
2: And and it also, like you were saying, I'm I'm just so you know, also we have a caller coming on, so I don't know if that's thunder or not, but we'll we'll see in just a moment. But um, it it also goes beyond uh, just the issue, like when you said, like, people are getting heated, like if you look at the thread that started this whole thing for me, like the conversation with that, uh, was basically um, the it was basically that the person will start to say scathing things. They'll start throwing in insults and ad hominem, and that only further destroys the intellectual value. It also puts everybody's ego into the middle of it, and at that point, the constructive debate starts to go down into the toilet. And that's why – the only way that that's ever going to change is if when that behavior happens, we as a society within the Venus Project, as a culture, need to basically look down on that behavior and stamp it dead. Because if we continue to let people do that, it's like intellectual bullying. If you're going to let people throw their insults in and stuff like that, then you're, you're asking for one person to be able to get everybody else to be quiet because they don't want to be the next person to be um, uh, victimized. Now, let me go ahead and pull on this caller. Caller, you're on the air. Oh, hold on. Caller, you're on the air. And they're silent again for some reason. Okay, well, I'll just leave the mic active. But um, did you understand my point, Jen?
0: Yeah, I did. Uh, but here's something, too, that I've suggested is, really, people continue that behavior when they're getting a result from it. And so by, what I've kind of been telling people when they've had repeated issues, um, especially in ventrilo, is, you know, the only reason this person continues to come here and seek, seek that and, and throw ad homes and, and engage in that is because they're getting something out of it when you get riled. But really, the other people in the room are, are just as responsible because there could just be, if, if, if everybody in the room really just took it in a more intellectual d- direction and started asking questions and, um, and moving into uh, the territory of ideas instead of throwing names, instead of engaging that person in the behavior, then you know, eventually they, they're not getting any feedback that is is reinforcing the behavior, I should say.
2: Well, you could certainly do that to a certain point. Um, my experience with people who have a bully personality, though, is that you know, despite the fact they tell you to ignore these people, like when you're going to school with them or whatever, it never seems to end. Um, they generally will just get more and more out of control. If you can change the, the direction of the conversation that way, that's great. I think that it would require that a lot of people already had kind of a pre-planned idea of how they were going to answer. Um, but... In the in the interim, if everybody even just politely looked at them and said, hey, uh, that's not appropriate, and pointed it out, because in many cases that's another one of the problems that people have is like there's this haze over them in a conversation wherein they don't recognize that what's going on is inappropriate or rather they are too intimidated to say anything. They may not even agree with what the guy is doing. And you have to create an environment where that kind of behavior is looked down on. It's like the uh, – I mean, even primates can learn this. If you remember from Z-Day – Peter Joseph was talking about it, you know, um, wherein, like, they had that group of primates that learned that aggressive behavior was not acceptable within the culture of that group of primates. Do you know what I'm talking about?
3: Yeah, that was from the uh, documentary Stress, The Portrait of the Killer.
2: Okay. Well, yeah, and that's kind of an example of what I'm getting at. Yeah, we can try to just uh, zen our way around it, but in many cases you have people who that's kind of in their nature. It's how they communicate and occasionally it just comes down to the fact that uh, as much as it sucks, you may have to you know, fight the bully for once when he shows up at the flagpole. And uh, in many cases, fighting him doesn't need to mean it's some big abusive problem. If everybody in the classroom turned and looked at the bully and told him to cut it out, he would stop doing it. Um, and that's, that tends to be where I come from. So, um, One correction. Go ahead, Paradigm. It's in their nurture. What do you mean? Not that I disagree.
3: I, I just mean it's not it's not in their nature in the sense that it's not just some somehow the way they are. It's in their nurture in, in the sense that it's you know the the reason that they're acting that way is because of the culmination of events that occurred beforehand that shape their disposition and uh, you can you can change that by responding to them in appropriate manners. You know, uh, it's just I'm just you know, just being silly, I guess. <laughs> Jack,
2: did you have anything to add?
4: Yeah, yeah, I agree with Paradigm. It's nurture. But also uh, to add is um, there is this thing that uh, when it comes to bullies, uh, the way we were taught to deal with it is, is either to avoid it entirely or to uh, confront. Um, but the thing is, is it still provokes uh, emotion and feeling. Instead of um, uh, intellect and uh, actually being able to converse, it's, it's more of a throw fists and help ends. And um, I'm having a hard time with that concept myself. I've, I've had a bully. I had a bully when I was in high school, um, all the way from uh, elementary school, and I had tried to separate myself from him as much as possible. The last two years of, of high school, for some reason, we became pretty darn good friends. And it was, wasn't that we were throwing punches at each other. It's like he lost interest in trying to attack. And that our perspective. So um, that's about all I have to add right now.
2: Well, even if we're not looking at it like, you know, trying to be mean or something, it was a matter of just everybody go, hey, man, that wasn't very cool. You know, it would have a huge impact on a conversation, especially if it's the majority of the people there.
0: I've seen that happen, and I've seen it not work, too.
2: Okay. I guess I've never experienced that. Um, but if it comes down to somebody who just absolutely refuses to do anything but be a bully, you may just have to ban them from the chat room and leave it at that, because some people are just not going to
3: get healed. Um, from a, go ahead. From a personal perspective, I guess I could put myself, just trying to put myself in, in the shoes of somebody that is getting, um, like, like kind of reprimanded by others in, in a group, uh, if enough people did it, I don't even know that I'd be resp- Even if I knew that I was in the wrong, even if I knew that I had done something wrong, uh, and I got reprimanded by a lot of people and they said, you know, that's not cool or something like that. If, if it was enough people, I might actually respond, you know, opposite and just simply leave or, you know, it wouldn't really, I don't know if it would, uh, it would have a positive or negative effect. I think, I, I think the, uh, the nature of how to get somebody to to recognize their you know if, if they have you know said something in error it, it's actually really complex, I think it really depends on the the person in question and i mean I, I like to think of myself as pretty mature, but he, I, I, just from personal experience, I can tell you that it depends I've, I've had different i've had different responses and you know i've even noticed witnessed different responses than others that have um, you know, had a kind of uh, collective group tell them, you know, hey, you're not doing, this is not cool or you're, you're wrong for this reason or, or just bl- blatantly, you know, stop doing that or whatever. It, it's, ama- it's amazing the kind of differences, that the different, like, responses you're getting people. But, I mean, I agree in general that it shouldn't be supported. The question is how do you not support it?
2: Well, um I was just giving kind of the initial passive, like, answers, and it generally, like, even within that group of uh, primates, it just amounted to basically social pressures. Within that culture, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't appropriate. You can see it even in, like, smaller cultures. Like, I play a lot of online video games. There are guilds, for example, that play World of Warcraft, where if you behave like that, they'll just get rid of you. And eventually, after people are consistent enough about that, nobody ever seeks to behave like that in the first place, because there's no reward. Um, And the reward isn't always just getting a rise out of somebody. We shouldn't really have to submit to everybody who decides they want to go around getting a rise out of people. If we just do, you know, if we let these people do it and then just tell people to ignore it, that only encourages these people to continue, you know, testing that and finding new people to victimize as the conversation goes on. Um, We're now down to about the last two minutes, so I wanted to read the last part of the blog. Now, finally, we talk about the reasons that we are not building cities that Jacques Fresco has already given. We anticipate a collapse, not an if, a when. Any such communes will immediately be the subject of scrutiny and propaganda as the system tries to save itself from its own shortcomings. After after a collapse, any such community will be plundered and destroyed. We cannot make plans for just a few of us. We need to save everyone, or in the end, we will save no one. This is not to say that there is not a place for research centers in experimental cities. We have to take into account any ill-thought-out project will serve to give ammunition to our opposition, just as many of the failed communes does for communism. Um, I will be doing another show on this topic, but it has more to do with the P.L.A.L.A. sleep people. Now, I want to give us some opportunity to communicate on this. So those of you who are listening live, we're into the last minute of the live show, but the archive will have the rest of the conversation. Thank you again for tuning into V-Radio. Please visit v-radio.org. Now, that being said... um, who wants to, paradigm do you want to weigh in on Jacques fresco's reasoning about why we can't build a city yet
3: I generally I generally agree with uh, what he's saying I mean it's not the reason I mean the reason that there's not these cities or is because of what he's talking about it's because of the uh, underlying value system that people have I mean and so therefore what good would it be to just put you know put the city there first and then you know just assume I mean literally the exact same thing would happen that happened with Soviet communism. I mean, it's just simply not ready. People are not ready, uh, and and there's going to be abuse, and there's going to be all sorts of yep. all sorts of issues associated with it. So, um, I mean, again, this movement is not just about the technology. I mean, if that's all that was, if that's all that was the problem, then we wouldn't even be appealing to the majority of the populace, because the majority of the populace is technically Ill- illiterate. I mean, you have to recognize that. I mean, especially in the United States, the the general education level and the ability to—I mean, I just remember I took a test um, that I, I think it was an eighth grader took in 1900 or 1910 or something like that. It was it was you know over 100 years ago, and it's difficult. It's extremely difficult. It was a really really difficult test, and this is the kind of test that they—you know—it was was absolutely. Uh, you know, just uh, common at that time, and and right now, if you gave that to an eighth grader, it would be absolutely impossible for them to figure, uh, figure some of this stuff out. I mean, you're already they were already doing geometry and advanced uh, uh, calculations, and they, they you know really advanced vocabulary. I mean, stuff that even some words that I didn't know, and I was surprised because I like to think that I have a pretty decent vocabulary, I mean, I was just I was really floored. So the the general populace is really technically illiterate, so we wouldn't even be appealing to them. We would be appealing to uh, to people that have simply technical means and, and you know experts in their field, but that's not who we're appealing to. Uh, and, and I think that unless we start getting an understanding that the people that, that make up the general population, they do have a role to play in this social transformation
0: uh,
3: and in this social slash technical transformation, but it's a transformation that occurs only when they are thinking the same and they understand the, the nature of the world and they understand the nature of why things are going the way they are, why things are wrong, and how to make them better. Um, and it's not just as simple as the nuts and bolts of, you know, building a, here's a schematic for a really sustainable car, and that's going to, you know, what's that going to do? Nothing. Someone's going to abuse it and start profiting from it. You know, I mean, it's like, it, it's pointless to release this stuff. And for that reason, I can kind of see why Jacques Fresco says that, you know, he's, uh, I, I don't really know what technology he has or anything like that, but if he does have some sort of schematics or some sort of, uh uh, patentable, uh, you know, ideas or something like that, why he's not releasing them. I can understand that, uh, even in principle, even if he doesn't have any, I mean, if, if he did, I understand why he wouldn't, uh, want to be releasing that kind of stuff because it's pointless right now with the system that exists right now and the values that most people have. You know, so I, I agree with what Jack says about, about why we cannot at this time just simply implement it. Yeah, that actually brings up an interesting
2: point. Um, I remember like, for example, we helped solve the, uh, with, you know, through technology, we helped solve the uh, uh, infant mortality rates in India without addressing the problems with the culture in question. And as a result, the uh, population in India skyrocketed because they didn't really have a full grasp of what it would mean to solve that problem. And here you have essentially something that's being done in the name of humanitarianism, and now you have a highly overpopulated country with a lot of starvation um, now and that, that's an example of what happens when you try to offer a solution, and, and people are not ready for it. Now, uh, Jen, did you have anything further? Uh,
0: not at this time.: Okay. Jaguar.
4: Yeah, it's, it's definitely the, the point of the movement at this point in time is definitely to get people's understandings and awareness up to a, a level as to be conducive with the ideas of the Zeitgeist Movement. Um, not trying to mean that uh, anyone out there is less than smart. And it's definitely not the truth. Everybody has a certain level of intelligence or of uh, knowledge. The thing is, is, is they don't always look at the whole uh, whole big picture. I was taught at a long, uh, young age that uh, uh puzzles are not just one piece, it's it's too many pieces and you have to eventually work your way through it. And um that's how I, I've looked at a lot of things since is as a massive puzzle. And I've only got like four pieces. I'm trying to find out where the fifth one goes. And um <clears throat> definitely one of the, the the core concepts and values that we ran into a discussion uh uh, on the vent t- channel about was is that it, you have to understand that you, you're not in this alone and uh, And that what you do affects what other people have or are able to do and um, That you're definitely in sync or uh, some way connected to everybody on the planet if not by two steps by six steps nonetheless Something you said travels across the world in a few days easily. It's just a matter of 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 getting the awareness up so that people can understand what's going on and how it works and then understand the key value points of uh, that we're all in this together, that we're all one family. And, and uh, There's a couple interesting documentaries I've watched recently that cover similar concepts and topics, but they don't have the broader understanding that given the technological resources we have, it is possible. The thing is, is, you have to understand that the society needs to change first just changing and adapting and doing patchwork or doing little things won't change the concepts and, and understandings of people in a way that they'll be able to use this for benefit that may cause more damage and as you pointed out with that India India concept of what happened there is, is that they were trying to do a good thing they were helping help the children survive help the infants live to see another day was is what happened is they ended up causing more suffering in the end because people weren't ready for the concept of what could happen if they changed they didn't know and and they just went about their normal routines which didn't work out in that situation but anyway um go ahead
2: oh that was uh basically it really um i guess the the last chapter on this subject is eric r telling me that he doesn't give a damn about the venus project which just kind of further proves again
4: <laughs>
2: we have a, somebody here who, who's i guess a chapter leader and is involved in the, the 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 movement and i i don't know how this person got into the movement if they don't care about the venus project but um it, it basically he also seemed to think he, he got the science party he's like he like I, I got into this movement because Peter Joseph said it could be summarized as the application of the scientific method for the application of society. He's missing out the with humanitarian, um, you know, basically, how do you phrase that? I'm trying to remember. With the humanitarian concern, basically a focus on the humanitarian issues, science applied to the humanitarian concern or something to that effect is what's listed on the Venus Project website. Um, And I guess that basically further proves my point, is that the reason that we're not, you know, to sum up now, the reason we're not ready to be building cities is because it is evident that there are a lot of people in this movement who don't get it. There are a lot of people in this movement who can't really conduct themselves outside of the values that they have already been brainwashed to have. And that includes things like making fun of people, intimidating people, insulting people, As long as we have all this stuff, it's going to forever hold us back. And I don't think that we're going to have all of it absolutely conquered before the Venus Project, you know, is realized. But I think that an awful lot of it will be. And uh, if we're going to be able to, you know, have intelligent dialogue with people, then uh, it's going to require that we
3: tackle a lot of this.
2: So that was basically my closing statement. Paradigm, do you have anything to add?
3: Uh, Just a question. Jaguar mentioned you watched uh, a couple documentaries. Uh, You want to name them?
4: Well, recently I found a documentary called Home, and I forget who it's by, but it's called Home, and it was about uh, uh, the situation here on Earth uh, and the history of Earth up till now and the human race and where we are. It doesn't exactly go where we could be. It asks the questions of what we need to be done, what needs to be done. Another one I started watching, which is definitely trying to point at the symbiotic nature of all species, on this planet, is that um, it's earthling. And I haven't quite made it all the way through, but as far as I've seen so far, it is definitely a concept that is, is in line. The thing is, it's not easily applied, and it's hard to uh, debate, especially since it brings up issues about what we eat and how we treat uh, other living organisms, uh, much less uh, animal or not on this planet speciesism being a prime cause for uh, a lot of the suffering that is entailed and that after a certain amount of point of time doing such things that you end up hurting not only that species but also our own uh, on this planet. So it's a very fascinating documentaries, um, and uh, there's a few more I'm still watching so I'm not going to advertise those quite yet. Um, uh, if you're curious, uh, just catch me in uh, Ventrilo. Um, All right. I'll pass the floor back off.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, that was basically it. Unless you had anything to say, Jen?
0: Well, I just – I I really hope that we can work it out with people within the movement that disagree. I mean, that's my ultimate goal because if we can't do it within the movement, then we can't expect people to take us seriously about how we would actually implement that on a global scale because that's really what we're proposing. We're really wanting people – to shift their values to view that we're all connected, and so I hope that we just all remember that at the end of the day, and, and the way that we uh, approach people in these kind of topics uh, with care, um, but certainly swiftly as well when it when it it comes to um, working together for for one goal and keeping the focus.
2: All right. Well. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks everybody for tuning into V Radio. I'm apologize about the technical issues. The funny thing is, this Thunder Skype account is still recording a voicemail. Um, <laughs> so uh, I will talk to all of you guys later. Thanks again for tuning into V Radio.